Hi folks, can't we make too much noise because I'm currently in bed with all three of the goodies. After last week, things just got a bit out of hand. Um, I don't want my wife to find out about it. Um, it was like a human centipede, but with four people. And we weren't connected by mouth to our bum. Not all the time. Anyway, welcome to another episode of Rechange Lesser Square Theatre Podcast. We've got one of my all-time heroes, Terry Hall. I'm very excited about this one, uh, and I was very nervous doing it. I hope you will enjoy it. Uh, hey, look, we've got tons of podcasts coming up, uh, re- being recorded. It's an exciting, brave new world in 2019 for the podcast. Do come and see us live if you can. A whole load more are going to be announced pretty soon. But I mean, the uh, Bilston Town Hall of the Wolverhampton Literature Festival uh, on the 1st of April with uh, Safnam Sangera, whose book you should read. It's fantastic. Uh, on the 4th of February, I'm at the Leicester Square Theatre with Emily Atak. And to be confirmed, we're aiming for a big name, though, for the start of the series, so it's worth booking ahead. Uh, the next two on the 11th and 18th are pretty much sold out, but it's David Morrissey and Rob Brydon, followed by James Acaster and London Hughes. Um, February the 25th is Joel Domit and Susie Ruffle, who are both fantastic comedians. Um, and then on uh, March the 4th, we have Les Dennis. Come on. It's going to be awesome. Please come. And Matt Ford, he'll be all right as well. And uh, 11th of March, I think, is Rosie Jones, fantastic new comedian. Um, eight and someone else uh, and to be confirmed uh, she's not someone else there will be someone else on March the 18th is uh, Sindhu V and um, she is also fantastic and there'll be someone else on that one March 25th I know yet but I'm holding out for some big names it's worth booking for the TBAs I'm telling you because they're going to be good and the 1st of April will be uh, no such thing as a fist fist podcast this is a very different podcast of the no such thing as a fish no it's them and to be confirmed and there are also gigs in bath on the 15th of february where kerry howard is the guest plus to be confirmed and uh in birmingham which is sold out on the 23rd of march i think and the matter is sold out don't know who the guest is yet and 3rd of april there's an extra gig added in the brighton podcast festival so the 8.31 is sold out. There is now one at 6.30. Do go there and get your tickets quick. The other one sold out super fast. There'll be a different guest if you want to come to both podcasts. You are more than welcome, but you have to pay twice. That's just the way the world is, I'm afraid. It's a cruel, cruel place. Most places you don't have to pay once for two uh, podcasts, but uh, that's just the way it rolled in Brighton. So do come and see us if you can. Uh, there will be some announcements about other exciting developments. Oh, I'm going to be doing the Edinburgh Fringe and I'll do, and be doing like another 20 plus podcasts uh, during the Edinburgh Fringe, which again, I'll give you more details of when it's absolutely confirmed. But I'm very excited about that. And there's going to be a loads more podcasts added. Go to richhang.com slash gigs for info on all these gigs. Uh, and there will be very soon announcement about all the rest as well as letting you know what the changes are that are hopefully going to fund all of this madness because we're going to try and film nearly all of those shows on the road as well. So uh, that's going to cost us loads of money, but I think we've got it covered. We'll see. All right. Have a good time all of the time. One more in this series after this is Adam Buxton next week, which was a great one. And this one is also a great one with a wonderful man, Mr. Terry Hall. 
Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Leicester Square Theatre. Please welcome a man who's got something back here that he wants to show you. It's Richard Herring! Oh yeah, in your face, Rachel Riley! Not so clever now, are you, Rachel? In your face! JB off of JLS. I always suspected I might be cleverer than him, and I'm glad, glad to prove. <laughs> we might talk about that in a second. So, uh, <laughs> it could just be anything that cup. Don't you have a go? Oh, that's nice. He's got a big cup. Uh, so, um, welcome to Richard Jones' Let's Square Theatre Podcast, episode 199. Bet you wish you, bet you wish you'd come next week, don't you? Wish you'd come next week. <laughs> it's. Uh, this audience will laugh at anything, uh, twice, apparently. So it's, um, <laughs> though I was, um, I was hanging around with Rachel Riley, Katie Durham and JB from JLS this week. <laughs> Seemed a bit grumpy about something, that's annoyed with me for some reason, but they call it a rehearsed of us, I don't know. <laughs> that's going to catch on. So yeah, so House of Games, I've finally broken, look at that, it's a trophy, isn't it? That's ridiculous. I've finally broken my uh, TV quiz game, uh, uh, blank and uh, won something. I like uh, this five day. It's over five days. House of Games. I don't know if you've seen this show with Richard Osman, and uh, he was really trying to make me lose. <laughs> Kept on teaming me with JB. And then I was very, I was very, you see the clever round where I was very clever, where you, one of you had to give the first part of the answer, the other had to give the second part of the answer, and I knew JB wouldn't get it, so I knew the answer, but I didn't answer, and then the other team got half of it and didn't get it, came back to us, and I changed my mind about the answer. So it's, uh, <laughs> to the wrong answer. It's very hard, you do it all, uh, there's, they record like five episodes in a day, I mean that's, do one a week, come on, uh, that is... <laughs> Uh, so by the fifth one, I was absolutely hallucinating. I knew Jonathan Price, and I went, by the time I came to press my buzzer, we were two questions on. So it's, uh, it was a terrible... It was, it was a lovely thing uh, to... I think Rachel Riley, she won the first episode, got a bit cocky, and then she didn't really like, didn't really like me by the end. Of the, she was... At the start, she's going, oh, I love that thing you did on International Women's Day. That was great. And then the end, yeah. <laughs> she got a nice dressing gown. She can't complain. So uh, it's very... Very exciting. Uh, and also, uh, this is a very exciting week in lots of ways. We're recording uh, this episode on uh, International Men's Day, November the 19th. It's here. It exists. None of the people who were that bothered on March 8th seem to be celebrating, but uh, I have a plan for them next year. We're going to next year, there'll be some more stuff going on. Uh, my blog, Warming Up, is, uh, is 16 years old in about six or seven days' time. I've done a blog every single day for 16 Years. My blog is now old enough to have sex. <laughs> but it can only have sex with other blogs that are over 16 years old, which does limit. <laughs> there is one. There's one other blog that's a daily consecutive blog that has gone for longer than mine. But, you know, I'm not bitter about coming second. Because has that guy gone? <laughs> I'm just going to get that out at the start of every podcast now. You know, that's, it's just going to go on that forever. Anyway, look, I'll move. Crack on. Let's crack on. Um... We've got a fantastic uh, guest I'm very excited about. This is an absolute personal hero of mine, so I will probably really fuck this up and <laughs> they'll storm off. <laughs> he is probably best known uh, for appearing for two seconds in the madness video for driving in my car. That's why we're... <laughs> that's why we're here, isn't it? Imagine that being in madness. That must be exciting. It's... <laughs> 
that must be that's I'm very excited about that. Ladies and gentlemen, will you welcome Terry Hall? <laughs> Now, there was, uh, that's my, uh, game, uh, house, my Game of Thrones trophy, I like to call it, my House of Games trophy. Nice. Um, it's a bit in the way and I'll put it down there for the moment. Um, there was a debate on a previous uh, uh, Rich Change Less Square Thick podcast about whether you were very tall or very short. Both. Yeah, it is. I remembered you as being quite short and the person, other person may remembered you being very tall. Now, I'm shorter than you, so I don't know why I thought that. And he was taller than you, so I don't know why he thought that. Good night. Yep, good. Uh, so, <laughs> at least that mystery is now solved. That is the only reason I brought you here tonight. Um, uh, do you remember being in the Madness video for driving in my car? Yeah, it was a cameo appearance. Yes. And they said, will you stand on the side of the road holding a sign, uh, Coventry or something? It was said Coventry. So, yeah, we did it. It was they, great. They drove past you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they drove past slapstick, you and then you, they didn't pick you up, and then you really laughed. Yeah, and that is the one piece because of footage I found of you laughing. Yeah. <laughs> in all my, <laughs> in all my uh, attempts to find it, but it was good. It's, do you have any funny stories about that day? Me, me Not Suggs, one. No. No, <laughs> no. But it's nice when you work with comedy bands. It's like, uh, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like the Baron Knights. Madness. Chuckle Brothers. Yeah. Mr. Blobby, did you ever work with Mr. Blobby? I did once. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he was good. Bob the Builder, he was good. Um, I'm very interested in that uh, 80s uh, period, and uh, mate, I'm going to talk about things that probably your fans won't be that interested in hearing about, because my obsession with you is the 80s and 90s. But um, uh, I was just watching Fun Boy 3 and Bananarama, yeah. which I remember the day that was on top of the pops. I got a laugh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. Because it was a... But A, looking back at it now, it's just... Uh, it's kind of got this wonderful nostalgia because all six of you look like everyone at all the parties I went to when I was 15 yeah. years old. Because the fashions are very uh, evocative of that time. So yes. it's, it's slightly sexually arousing watching that. Yeah. Watching you in that. I agree. Yeah. I agree. <laughs> uh, but I remember coming, you know, having, at that time, when that, that Top of the Pops came out and you were with Bananarama, it was sort of a, a well, shock. I wasn't with Bananarama. Well, we're going to get on to that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, it was quite a shock to see, you know, having been the specials, and then but, it, was, it was a change of direction. Well, the Fun Boy 3 wasn't us forming a band. It was us leaving a band. Yeah. And once you've left the band, and that's what you do, you tend to form another band. Yeah. And we didn't give it too much thought. We just didn't want to be in the specials for a while. No. But it was Bananarama was kind of an interesting. It was. It's, it's really a good. The tracks you did with them. Oh, they were really. Yeah, I, I heard one single, and it was good. It was good, and they, they were just like pretty easy going and. They didn't really want to be singer-singers. They just giggled and yeah. stuff. It was nice. It was fun, and they look, but everyone looks like... But you all look just like the kind of kids that we were at school. I mean, you are still kids, really. Thank you. <laughs> and you still are. But that's, that's what I find astonishing, is that you know, you're only like four or five years older than I am. And like to me, as a, a teenager, you think, they're all the grown-ups, but you started so yeah. young. You started in music so young. Uh, around 17, yeah. Yeah. And so, like, you're, and I'm approaching sixty. Go on, say you didn't look it. Do you, you do not look it? I was kind of trying to work out what you might look like coming in. 
Yeah. And he, 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 well, I thought you'd be in a cardigan and... Yeah. It's, you're still looking good. I'm you're, sorry. You're, no, it's, no, I'm glad. <laughs> I'd felt more sorry. You look good. Uh, but uh, it, what, how did you get into the, the bands originally? So you left school at 15. Around 15. Um, yeah, then I started to do jobs. Like, you go to work. Yeah. And uh, well, yeah, quite I, a mixture I, of jobs as well. But I couldn't really be told what to do. Right. <laughs> so it was tricky. It's like, I, I, I'm, the thing I wanted to be was a hairdresser because I, I, I saw um, Warren Beatty in Shampoo. Right. Where he, it's a great film, and where he, he teases middle-aged women's hair. I thought, That's, I've got to do that. <laughs> and, uh, but so I, I got an apprenticeship and the first week was sweeping the floor, hair off the floor. Yeah. But then they said, you can start washing now. But the first person I had to wash was a, he was sort of middle-aged, he was grey, but he had like nicotine stained grey. Right. And I just thought, fuck that, I'm not, yeah. <laughs> I'm not touching his head. Yeah. So then I became a bricklayer. <laughs> it's true. It's quite, a, it's quite a swing away from hairdressing. From the blower to the hod, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, from the broom, it sounds like. You only wash one person's hair. I didn't wash his hair. No. <laughs> and were you a quantity surveyor as well? For a day. Right. Because our gaffer told us, well, he looked at me, he said, take your hands out your pocket. And I just said, you can stick your job up your ass, mate. It was like... <laughs> it's like, what has that got to do with me doing a good job? Yeah. I'll take him out when I've got to hold something. Yeah. But. You might have thought you were fiddling with yourself or something. I was. Yeah, well, that's not, that might have been the issue. It was cold. <laughs> and so, is it you saw the, you saw the set pistols and cla the clashes? That, is that what 76, 77, yeah. and then it became clear what you had to do if you wanted to be in a band. Yeah. Very little, really. <laughs> Was that, I mean, there's lots of people who claim they saw the pistols live and many of them didn't, but obviously there was... Well, I saw, I saw the pistols and the clash together. Right. I, I don't know the name of the tour, but um, it was yeah, it was just a real eye-opener, just for me and a few friends, and we formed a band. Right. And, um, and then, so that you, you were, were you invited into the specials subsequent to that, or was the specials? Well, they, band? yeah, the, their original singer was, he wasn't, very good and um, so they're looking for another one and I just happened to be in the band supporting that stage of the specials so I just joined it wasn't it wasn't like everybody was in every band then it was um, it was messy yeah but it's a very exciting time to, yeah it to was be in, to be involved in music it's sort of interesting because like so much and you take the Mick you and I've seen you interviews about a lot of the the eighties bands, which I suppose by, by the time only you two, yeah. <laughs> the rest are all right. <laughs> but there was a lot. But in the eighties, I, 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 when I was on Pointless, Celebrity Pointless, the first time, there was a question about um, <laughs> name. I don't want to obsess about it, but there was a question about name a solo artist who was number one in, in the nineteen eighties. Wish you'd been on the team. Uh, you've probably got one. Uh, but I've, I've been listening since, since then. I've all, I listened to all those kind of, you know, the 80s radio show, and there's a yeah. lot of really, really embarrassingly bad music in yeah, the 80s. Yeah, Which do you think was the most embarrassing you band? <laughs> but even you too. I mean, there's some, some, there's just music that's just terrible. Sunday, bloody Sunday. Yeah, yeah. no, you're right. Uh, so... 
<laughs> um, <laughs> but it seems like well, you, you would mess around with madness, uh, so to speak, in that video. And uh, but, but we were sort of close to the state. Out of that scene was like us, madness, um, Dexes, the beat, UB40, and we all sort of knew each other. We all toured together and stuff. Yeah. And um, so, but did they, did you? Um, the backstage at Top of the Pops, did you see anything go on there? Yeah. Yeah. I once saw Jimmy Savile with a body. It's really, really fucking disturbing. You wish you'd said something at the time, it could have saved a lot I of did. <laughs> now, I'm obsessed with your 90s work, though. Yeah. Which is and I, I, my favourite album. I was asked by the Daily Express to name my top five albums of all time. Mm. And my certainly, I think the first one I mentioned, and I think possibly my favourite album of all time, is Home by Terry Hall, your solo mm. album, which got to 96 in the album charts. It did. Yeah. It got to 42 in Greece. <laughs> and in Israel, it got to like, I had four singles in the top 10. Right. Shalom. That's more like it. <laughs> <laughs> I genuinely <laughs> I listened to it all again today and it's, it stands up it's a fantastic album it, it was um, hard to not hard to do but uh, like once I was in a band called The Colourfield and after that I just my head fell off really and I just wanted to be very sort of home based and small and tiny and make little records yeah. and that was the start of that but, they, you know, it's a real... I mean, what I, I mean like the musicians that I like and the music I like, is, it, it's got to be kind of lyrically good for me. I'm, yeah. I'm as interested in the words, probably more interested in the words than the music. And the words in that are beautiful. I think Sense is one of the best love songs I've ever been. And I know, like, the Lightning Seeds did a version of that that you yeah. were also involved in, and it was written yeah. with Ian Brody, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, but their version did better than your version. Yeah. Your version's better than their version. Yeah. I listened to that. Yes, yes. <laughs> it's much better. <clears throat> and you're in the video playing the guitar and singing the backing vocals. Yeah, that, yeah. Is it annoying to, to be? Not, not really. Because yeah. you didn't know at that stage it was going to do better, probably. No, it didn't matter, really, because I had writing credit on both. So, <laughs> so more the merrier, really. But, <laughs> but I think that really... I wrote a play called Playing Hide and Seek with Jesus where I used all your music all the way through as the, it mm. the, in between the scenes. And it was all about someone falling in love with someone in a, over, head over heels in a ridiculous way with someone yeah. that was a bit unattainable, which I think was, you know, that sense that is that... The opening line of that, you know, I'm flying high on something beautiful and aimless. It's yeah. not a name, but I prefer to call it nameless. I think that sort of really sums up that, that feeling of falling yeah. in love in that, in that way. Yeah, and... Uh, there was a song called Forever Jay on it, which was about my ex-wife. And uh, it took like 17 years to write a song about her. And I finished it. I thought, well, I've done it. It's great. And then she fucking divorced me. <laughs> no, serious. It's like, cheers. <laughs> you made her write a song for them at the beginning. That's how you get them to sleep with you in the first place. Man. No. Can't win. <laughs> Well, she should be. What, what do you, how do you feel when you've created something? I mean, I know this, the answer to this question because I've done this a lot. When you create something that you, that you think is really good and that it doesn't kind of tap into the public consciousness. That's right? okay. It doesn't matter, really. It's, uh, it's never been about selling records for me. It's about, you know, cliche, but the, the voice. 
and to be able to express how you feel and maybe some people will listen, maybe they won't. Yeah. So is it nice to know that, you know, all these years on that one bloke thinks it's the best album in the world? But but it's enough. It's enough. It's like, it's not about numbers really and um, try telling my record company that, but (laughs) but it really isn't. It's, uh, It's just good to get it off your chest. Yeah. And you've, I mean, you've got this incredible varied career. Is that switching between genres and different yeah. collaborations? And sometimes the, you've fallen out with the band. Oh, always, yeah. always. Yeah, they think but I'm a right shit. It's, it's difficult, though, isn't it? To work, it's, I mean, I've worked in two double acts and fallen out with both of those people eventually. Very. And, uh, that's just two people managing two two creative people working together. So if you've got, you know, if you're in a band with three people or ten people or whatever it is, or seven people, and yeah. you spend six months in a bus with them, yeah, and they drink, <laughs> it's hard. Yeah, it's hard. And you were young as well, right? So like with the specials, you you must have did you finish the specials? How old you were? You must have been 22 or something. When yeah. So it's, it's yeah. the same age as like when you're at university, you can't, you're making yeah. friendships, you're falling out of friendships, you know, every single day. So it's, you obviously... Have, but it was just weird because it's like, uh, I grew up in Coventry, which is about to be the city of culture. Really, yeah. In two years. Yeah. And they've got everything in place, apart from the culture. <laughs> um, <laughs> bless them. But... Um, but the route was, you work in a car factory, that was the route. And then, at 12, I got um, abducted. <laughs> uh, I abducted by a paedophile ring in France, and that was a real eye-opener. And um, <laughs> I can laugh about it now, but, um, but it sort of switched something in my head, and it's like, um, I don't have to do that. And that's when I started, like, not listening to anyone. Yeah. Well, that would happen. So is that, is that part of the reason you left, you, you left schools early? Because you clearly... Well, I was sort of drugged up then on Valium for about a year, and I didn't go to school, so... Right. I, re- I didn't realise it was as extreme as that. Um, so, yeah, so it, it's... it's uh, but you've got that reputation of, you know, if, you, if you've been in lots of bands and, um, and it falls apart, but do you, do you think that you're difficult to work with, or do you think it's... No. No. Uh, uh, well, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Sometimes uh, it's like I like to test my bands and see how they feel about stuff. And I remember I did a gig in Nottingham and I got there really early and I put about 30 American flags above the stage to see what their reaction would be. And they didn't notice. And it's like, <laughs> I'm not going to be in this band anymore. So, what, would, what would reaction would have let, let, let you carry on with know, that Take band? them down, why are they up? <laughs> Something. Yeah. But just wanted a reaction. No. It's <laughs> fair enough. Uh, <laughs> and so, but you've made up with some of the specials. All of them, really. Yeah, really. Yeah. 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 And 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 now we we tour again. We've been touring for around nine years. And is it easier now? You're older. Is it's it, much better. Yeah. It's because now I don't have to travel with them. Right. It's really great. <laughs> and I see them for about an hour and a half. And then we get off and do our own things. Yeah. Which would have been, that's what we should have done first time round. Yeah, but it's hard, you know. So like, and we didn't. Yeah. No, it's like when you're young, and A, there's no money. No. So you've all got to travel together and you've yeah. got to live together. I, you yeah. know, I, I slept in double beds with Stuart Lee for, you know, in yeah. bed and breakfast and things. Yeah. Not when we were on tour. No. Uh, but, uh, 
once we slept in a like two was two single beds, but they were connected by a little pink canopy over the over the back of the, on the wall. It's nice. It happens. Yeah. Kevin Eldon got a room to his own I don't know how that worked out uh, but yeah that, that's you know so that, I, I'm sort of fascinated by um, that dynamic within bands because it's there's often like two creative people and, yeah. and that friction yeah. creates great work so, it can do yeah, yeah. But, but it's not very pleasant that's, that's no. the problem so you can stick around for maybe an album or two and most I've ever done is two albums with a band. Right. And it's usually one, really. Even just on your own, you just... Did I did two, two with myself and yeah. I fucking hated myself. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not working on that twat again, that's what I would say. <laughs> that was me. Yeah. <laughs> and you've, but you've worked with like a, a, everyone, really. You've worked with uh, Damon Albarn, um, Dave Stewart. That was laugh. Yeah. Well, we got together, our publishers said, um, can you two go off and write a song for the Ramones? And we were like, what? It's like, how does that work? But um, so we got together, I went to France where he lived and um, out of this one song, we did an album together um, called Vegas, which got to number 9012 in the <laughs> chart. Um, but it was just a good laugh really. And he's sort of like that and he's sort of, He's got. He's on a different thing to me, really. And he's like, you know, he knocks about with Bob Dylan and yeah, that sort of stuff. <laughs> but he's nice. Yeah. <laughs> Do you still see um, the twelve-year-old Lebanese singer that you work with, with Mushtaq? Nope. And that was. It's quite a. Co- I think. The, I think. I, I. I did get this album, but I it lost. I, you lost me a little bit on this one. I, I did it for three months. I think I feel it's like. <laughs> <laughs> the idea was to sort of merge Arab and Israeli music and well that was the, the blueprint really but it's uh, then I, I met some Polish gypsies and I said do you want to play on our record and they said yes so <laughs> they came along and, it was like, yeah. and honestly it was about 200 people came <laughs> it was like a car- it was like a caravan thing and it's uh so we wrote out the chords to this song that we wanted to play it it was like B whatever it was and you start after four so it's one two three four and they started playing all this shit and it's like um, not that one play our song Um, and they never did but the funny we did we did one gig we did one gig and the four women who did vocals on the album they were great. But when we came to the gig at Soundcheck, there were four different women. It was like, honestly, the cousins or sisters or something. And they hadn't got a clue what they were doing at the gig. If we did one gig. <laughs> did it solve the uh, Arab, Arab and Jewish Yes, there's conflict? peace then. Yeah, now. there is. That's good. <laughs> I'm glad to hear that. So, um, my friend Paul Putner, who played the Curious Orange in uh, some of Richard and Judy remembers uh, Fun Boy 3, I think, appearing on the tube. Yeah. And you sang uh, The End by the Doors. Yeah. Do you remember yeah. anything about that performance that was unusual? Well, uh, and, well, uh, uh, was it the tube or the switch where we were trying to make a statement, an anti-American statement, and so um, we had an American flag and Neville set fire to it, but the light of fuel went all over his legs, so <laughs> he went up with the flag and... It, it shut down, it was live, it shut down. Right. But two weeks later, we were 
about to start a, an American tour. So we had to apologize to America. <laughs> it, and I was so wound up having to apologize that the first night in San Francisco, I unveiled an American flag and said, you can stick this up your ass. And we didn't last too long. You do sort of speak your mind and these and, and blurt out. I know. These. I, I mean, know. it's good. I mean, it's artistically fantastic. I know. It must be annoying to have to come home from America. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> was it worth it? Yeah, it yeah. was good fun. <laughs> it was good fun. Was Neville all right after he set himself on fire? Yeah, he lost his hair on his legs. Okay. <laughs> Did it ever grow back? It was quite nice. And then he sort of moisturised. It was, it was a good look. <laughs> Dead legs. Um, and so, uh, do you ever get confused with the ventriloquist Terry Hall? Yes. Um, once with the Inland Revenue, where, no, this is not a joke, this is really depressing, um, where they claimed I'd done a summer season in Blackpool, <laughs> and that I'd hid the income, and it was like, it's not me, because I was in Coventry and he was based in Neneaton, which is close, yeah. same sort of tax thing, and, uh, yeah. There was that, and through school, it's like, have you stuck your hand up a lion's ass? Yeah. It was all that stuff. It was like, yes. <laughs> have you ever thought of getting into ventriloquism? Because uh, you know, this. A... I could try. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's good. Um, he's dead now, Terry. Also, you could you could he take is. over. He is. He's... Thank God. <laughs> um, bless him. Are you ever mistaken for Terry in Lander Halls, uh, a, a tower on a campus at the University of Washington? No. No. Does it annoy you that you'll never get a hall named after you? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it does. It does. <laughs> it, it actually doesn't they yeah. raised it. I mean, they could call it the Terry Hall, but then it would be like someone... I mean, that could the be Terry any Terry. Terry Hall Hall. It's the Terry Hall Hall, then no one's going to do that, are they? No, you never know. <laughs> Can we rename this? I mean, it's not really a hall. And this is going to be called Richard Herring's Leicester Square Theatre anyway. So I've got, I've got this, when I die, which might be quite soon. <laughs> Shall I ask you, I've got, I've got more, m many more things to talk to you about, but I'm going to ask you some emer a random emergency question. We had some fun backstage. Let's see, watch out, I've got one. Um, what is the worst thing you've ever eaten for a bet? I think a 12-inch hot dog when I was about 10. Okay. That doesn't sound that bad. It was horrible. Okay. <laughs> I tried to eat a pack of butter at a party and when I was... Oh, no, I never did that sort of stuff. Big like pack of butter. eating... No. No, I never no. done that. All right, how about this? If you had a finger that could cure rectal cancer, but only if you pushed it hard up the anus of the cancer sufferer... Backstage, I was saying I was going to be very respectful because it was terrible. Uh, would you cure anyone, everyone, or be like Jesus and just cure a few people? Would it have to go up Bono's ass? <laughs> well, if he's got it, you can choose who you choose. You, um, you could possibly give them rectal cancer. I'd cure everyone. Everyone? Yeah, <laughs> of everything. So you're better than Jesus? Mm, sort of. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, one more, let's see. Um, uh, oh, this, this will be... In, let's, let's try this, Terry. If you only had a week to live, who would you tell to go fuck themselves? I have a feeling you'd do it anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Um, 
I'd do it, yeah, I'd do it anyway. It's like, <laughs> it give me a day, a year. Yeah. But you have to, really, don't you? It's like... Uh, is there anyone you... like? So you've had these falling outs with people. Is there anyone that you have uh, can't forgive that you still feel bad towards, or does time heal? Not really. No. <laughs> no. Um, yeah, uh, it's like I fell out with Jerry from the specials, yeah. and we had this w- weird relationship. And I've... I'm cool with it now, but sometimes he isn't, and that disturbs me a bit. Yeah. It was like, move on a bit. Yeah, it's difficult, though. It is yeah, difficult to move yeah. on. I know, but, you know, I really understand it. And, like, again, the two of you, you know, creating great stuff together. I mean, he wrote Ghost Town, and you performed Ghost Town, and I yeah. think it, it wouldn't have which worked Which was anyway. great, yeah. which was brilliant. But, um, <clears throat> yeah, so praise that, really. Do you yeah. know what I mean? It's... Um, but, they, but every night, so Lennon and McCartney would, got, would have the same thing. Yeah, it's, it's difficult. And, and you sort of need those two personalities. I think to really create something, if it's a collaboration to create something yeah. that good, you need, you need to sort of hate each other and love each other a little bit. Yeah, but there's a time when the hate should stop, really, because it yeah. gets a bit dull. Yeah. <laughs> Hatred is dull. Yeah. And yeah. so you think, you've, you think personally you've overcome those... For you, you overcome that. I find it quite easy to yeah. forgive and forget. It's like, you know, going back to my abduction. It's like it, you can let that eat away at you, but then you think, well, you know, it's paedophilia, and it's like mm, it's part of life, really. It's unfortunate that it happened to me. Yeah. But um, you can't just let it destroy your life. It's not good. But how, you know, but how do you even begin to uh, overcome something like that? I mean, you can't, it must be hard. Valium. To... Yeah. And, and then I fancied David Essex, which was a bit wonky, but it's like, <laughs> so I connected the two. Yeah. Uh, but then I've started discovering girls, and I just you forget about it. It's, it's uh, too short. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, it's very upsetting, Terry. I'm, st- I'm very upset. Oh, no, so. no, you shouldn't be upset. It's yeah. like, uh, I, find, I find it rewarding. <laughs> Sorry. Uh. <laughs> but, you know, is it, I mean, because people say that about comedians, that, you know, you need to suffer to be a great comedian. Do you need to have had something that's that bad to kind of unlock that? It you, helps. Yeah. It helps. I mean, uh, I've got, um, um, I suffer from manic depression and I avoided all sort of medication for a long time. Until 10 years ago, I started taking lithium and stuff, and I'm still on these drugs. And um, it sort of helps. It sort of helps. I saw a documentary with Stephen Fry, and I, I really like him. But there was elements of that where you've got to sort of bleed to create. And it's horrible, though. If, if you've ever been in that position where yeah. you sort of bled, I'd rather not create. Do you know what I mean? No, of course. It's... Of course. Um, uh, a balance is quite good. Yeah. But, you know, you're very, clearly very intelligent person and it sort of feels like that that's led to at least you leaving education earlier than you might have done. I mean, yeah. it, it, it led to something incredible in terms of getting into these bands. But, it's, but it is like that, 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 that journey and I find it fascinating how outside elements affect you and it's like me. And uh, it's like at 14, because I didn't really go to school much, they uh, let me work as a potato rumbler, which was one of the best jobs I've ever had. And it's the only one that I didn't walk out on. Right. So you had to get, there was a big rumbling bowl and you had to put like a whole sack full of potatoes in 
and they rumbled. <laughs> and so the skin came off the potatoes. Oh, really? It was like, how did that happen? And <laughs> then they went down a chute and there were 10 women at the bottom chipping them. Did you work in Willy Wonka's chocolate factory? No, no. <laughs> this was a Coventry market. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and did you go back to Coventry much? No, no. But, but the, 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 I don't think I'm welcome. Um, when I left, uh, uh, there's a thing on at the front of the local paper that said, Terry the traitor. This is I left. It's like I decided to live somewhere else. Yeah. It's all a bit weird. It's all a bit... Coventry's a bit... I don't know. I've got a good Coventry joke. Okay, go on. Okay. Ask me how I am. How are you? Don't ask. <laughs> Sorry. It's, you know, it's, but there's a lot of those places in the Midlands and a lot of them have... I haven't been actually into Coventry for a while because the gigs I do are at the Warwick Arts Centre, yeah. which is sort of on the, the, the main theatre sort of outside of Coventry. Yeah. Uh, I remember going to Coventry when I was a nipper and seeing that amazing statue of Jesus in the, the new cathedral. With the devil. Yeah. Yeah. And being terrified. Oh, well, that, that's Absolutely. the culture. That's, yeah. yeah <laughs> there you go. But it was, it was a, a, a city that got bombed in the war very heavily yeah. yeah yeah so you've it's had to fight back against a, a, a lot yeah but there's a lot of in fighting which yeah. is a bit weird it's, well it's uh, sort of weird i think when you do get some towns are so proud of themselves some cities are so proud of themselves that that idea of someone just choosing not to live <laughs> it's bizarre, is, is, really. a, is a is a traitorous act yeah. whereas you can yeah. and i guess if you're being pushed away in that way then it's hard to have affection it was yeah yeah but I, I really like it now. I never go back, but I do like it <laughs> a lot. It's a but great it gave place. you all that. But it gave you all that amazing music and all that amazing, yeah. amazing experience. Yeah. Uh, you know, and I, I won't go on about Ghost Town, but that's you know. But that, does that feel still? Craig, our cameraman, was asking whether that still, still feels like a relevant song today, or whether it's ever not been a relevant song. Well, it is. I mean, that, that was sort of more about, I think, Glasgow and Liverpool at the time when we were touring around. Yeah. But every city felt like that, yeah. and it was it was horrible. Um, but it's still there. Those cities are still there. But a lot of places are. Well, you know, it's hard to know, especially in the current political climate, right. how things are going to go. But it feels like there's some regeneration. It feels like yeah. But you 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 tart up a square mile, really, and that's lively. And you know, you've got nacho bars and all that shit. But but outside that square mile, it's not so good. I had a burrito today. Yeah, nacho bar. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that is, but. Uh, yeah, nacho bars and... Apparently they're all cafes. open now. It's a new thing. Cafes, bloody cafes. Yeah. <laughs> Too many. <laughs> and, you wrote, <laughs> and you wrote about the Coventry Locarno and... Uh... That was great. Yeah. That was great. That was the first time uh, I met Pete Waterman. Right. Because uh, he's from Coventry too. Yeah. And he used to be the DJ there. And, oh, really? Yeah. He was great, and then he tried to manage us because he was like the local music thing. And he said that I'd, be, I'd make a good singer, but he suggested that I wear a black polar neck with a chain to, to draw attention to that, I don't know why. <laughs> and then he said, all we need then is to stick a rocket up your ass. That was his... Yeah, I'd like to have seen, I'd like to have seen you produce... He's great, Pete. <laughs> He's great. Like been a different career. <laughs> different way through um, I think you could play uh, Lee Mack's brother in a sitcom 
He does a sitcom. He does, but you could be his brother. Should I suggest it to him? If you want to. Yeah. You could be yeah. his brother. He's come. He what are the hours? <laughs> I am mad. I mean, he works pretty hard, actually. He was on Doctor Who the other day, Lee Mack. Yeah. I mean, a long time ago, people who were listening at home. Uh, what do you think about uh, International Men's Day? Do you celebrate International what Men's Day? What date is that? It's November the 19th. <laughs> what day is it today? November the 19th. It's great. It's good, isn't it? We're having a good time. Yeah. I deliberately had no women on this week, so... Because of that? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's worked. It's worked. <laughs> We're all men. I've had the most manly men that I could get, that I could find. You, me, Adam Buxton admittedly next week, but somehow... It'll but be that's like a well. really camp trio. It's like... <laughs> Do you think the three of us could be... We could be the new Funboy 3? No. 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 <laughs> but your hair does look good. Thank you. No, it does. It yeah. does. Oh, the hair's still there. I've still got this shampoo thing going on. <laughs> you fancy it washed afterwards? There's a bit of nicotine in here. I love a haircut. I, I, we discussed early in the series that I spent £60 on a haircut and everyone thought I was insane. So if you want, I'll give you 50 I'll take 40. Okay. <laughs> if you got your scissors with you. Yep. Could you do a good haircut if you were... I mean, you didn't really do any haircuts. I'll still take a chance. It'll be a talking point. Maybe go with a slight... What is... Christmas is coming up. Yeah. Go for it. <laughs> I'd like the same hair as you, that you and Steve Marshall in my school had. From Fun Boy 3. <laughs> I'd like that hairstyle, please. But that was sort of... Yeah, there was, there was an old Irish barber who I used to say can I have this really short and leave the top? And he used to do it really short and he said, what about the top? I said, no, you leave the top. What do you mean, leave the top? It was uh, an old Irish man. <laughs> Confused by your young ways. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a, is it a weird thing that, I mean, now, like, that, you know, men in their 50s mm. are still, like, have that, you know, that connection to you that it's such a... Um, I don't know, isn't it? It's, this, it's such a... He- well, those first bands you get into, as you know, with the, the Pistols and the Clash and yeah. everything, those first bands you get into are so important. And, yeah. like, you're watching Top of the Pops and you're seeing this stuff. You know, and I, I remember kind of the, just that... What I was trying to get at earlier was just that, like, oh, we love the specials. And then, oh, what's Fun Boy 3? What's going on? It's yeah. all different, you know? Yeah. And, and it's, a, it's a, a talking point at school. Yeah. And then it's still in, in these people's hearts well, we 40, still, 30, 40 uh, years later. Well, that happens at our gigs. It's yeah. like, you know, you get sort of 50 year old men coming up but they're usually drunk really drunk yeah and they, they slobber all over you which is a bit weird but yeah but it's nice it's nice and they've it's, stayed very true to you have these guys yeah still, which is lovely really you're touring again you're touring in fact in 2019 well, this is a massive our, tour by this it's time. a 40th anniversary 40 years since we released our first album so we just made a record um, to release as well next year and yeah we're touring again so, yeah. And do you think... I tried to look and see if you could buy Home on iTunes. And I don't mm. think you can. I was going to suggest that everyone go out and buy it. And we try. How you... many albums would you have to sell on iTunes to get to number one in the album? Honestly, chart? no idea. Because I reckon if everyone who listens to this went out the week this went out and bought Home, and it's really good. I mean, you can just get it on the internet for free now. That's the problem. Well, eBay um, Israel you can get it on. Yeah, <laughs> eBay Israel. <laughs> It's such a good album. I'm so angry. So angry that I can't, I can't connect with anyone You've else. Got, no, 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 no. My girlfriend at the time, I gave her a copy. Yeah. So, you know, so we, we've got... I could give her a ring. My wife probably wouldn't be very happy no, with that. No, no. 
<laughs> let it go. <laughs> let it go. Sorry, let it go. <laughs> oh. um, <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll go back to emergency questions while I, uh, rec- re- I recruit, recruit, recruit. This beer is very strong. Yes. And I know you've stopped drinking, Terry. This one's called Savish, I think, or yeah. Cervix. Cervix. Can't see. <laughs> uh, you can, it's dry hopped Vit beer. Oh, this is the lime and coriander one. Uh, so it's nice, actually. Uh, you can get your uh, own eight free craft beers at... Uh... See, the problem with it is I can't remember... I'm too drunk to remember where you can get them. The address will come up. Beer52.com slash Rahalastapa. There you go. That's, uh... What was the decision to give up drinking? Why did it, what, what, what tipped you over into... Because I went nuts. <laughs> <laughs> and my psychiatrist said, you've got to stop doing that. I was telling you earlier about I used to climb statues. Yes. And, but the, I don't know, some people get aggressive or party-ish, but I used to, like, I got picked up by the police outside Hamleys because I saw a teddy bear in the window. It's a six-foot teddy bear with a tartan dicky bow. And I thought, here's my future. <laughs> no, seriously, I was that pissed. And it's like, um, I was banging on Hamley's door. It was like three in the morning. And sometimes you just got to say, stop, really. Yeah. <laughs> and has that been easy to stop? I yeah. keep on thinking I should stop. But, you know, then beer companies sponsor my podcast. What can I do? Well, I, I, I can't really drink or anything because of my medication. So it's like, it's pretty easy, really. Fair enough. Um, and we're talking about a bit about stage about you know with a few comedians in their fifties of we've lost due to yeah. drink and and obviously a lot of musicians don't make it no no beyond that kind of age is it is it sort of worth that do you think is it worth the hedonistic days of youth if that's the, the well, I think so I think yeah. so okay yeah. thank God but not for me <laughs> but you're glad you know it must have been when you're touring as young men yeah in a bus together. Must be yeah, some tensions you want to get out. What, yeah, what yeah. do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> what kind of tension? You might get a ventriloquist doll and masturbate your yeah. someone you work with. That's that's the kind of thing that might happen. I imagine. Let me go for another mercy question. No, that's too stupid. Do you have five celebrity? Do you have a celebrity shag list, or did you ever had one of five celebrities you'd be allowed to have sex with? outside of your relationship because they're on a laminated piece of card <laughs> if they want to have sex with you um, c- c- do they have to be alive no cool um, David Cassidy yeah David Essex he is alive right David it's a same shame about Cassidy Essex is that was sad that yeah. was sad Essex did you, meet, did you meet, ever meet David Cassidy it's not really your era is it I, I, I went to a gig uh, at Wembley he was playing but it was uh, with the Bay City Rollers but I just wanted to see him really and I saw his wife yeah. David Cassidy's wife and it's like I don't know I just had bad thoughts really <laughs> just wanted to push her down the stairs yeah well she must have got that a lot that's bad right yeah well but... I wanted to kill her to get to him yeah but, um, yes, but Esther, Cassidy Essex, anyone not called David? I mean, it's fine. Mitch Hedberg. The, com- the comedian? Yeah. yeah. He's got a glow. And yeah. um, I need a woman <laughs> on men's day. It's surprisingly male-dominated. I didn't, you know, no, that's, I'm fine with that, but I thought there might be... Um, Anne Bancroft. Anne Bancroft? Yeah. As Mrs. Robinson or just at any point? Any point, really. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> Mel Brooks still going? Yes. Yeah. Cool. We talked about him the other week. <laughs> it's kind of weird combination, Mel Brooks and Anne Bancroft. Yeah, it's not right. No. 
It should be me and I'm bankrupt. It should be you and I'm bankrupt. Yeah. And David Cassidy. Yeah. My sister was obsessed with Les McEwen from Bay City Rollers. Yeah. And he still tours. As, uh, as Les himself, I think. Yeah. McEwen's Bay City. Oh, is it that way? I yeah. think so, yeah. 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 She goes to see him. Mm, no. Yeah. It's, you know, you can't talk, you're still touring. Uh, so. <laughs> My sister, my sister had loved you. I, you're very sexy in those, especially Fun Boy Three. I think it's just the, it's just the, the memory back to those. The, yeah, it's the, a memory. The first it's nothing more than a memory. Trust me. But um, uh, you're very, very. I mean, you still are, but you're a very handsome young man. If we, if we, if we're gonna, if International Men's Day means one thing, it means men can declare their homoerotic feelings. <laughs> But other men, especially but that's their pop after stars. half a bottle. Yeah, we've got another four. This is four. strong stuff. This is strong. I've got to drink all to of go. these. I'm, I'm out of here by the time you get to the fifth. <laughs> you're not drinking, so I've got to take all of those down now. No way. It's, it's fucking disgusting. Um, <laughs> <laughs> have they paid us yet? Um, <laughs> This is why I should never do sponsorship because I'll, I'll always mess. And the same as you, I'll always just mess it up at the last minute. I, I asked, actually, we had a song with Banana Ram called it, uh, it Ain't What You Do, It's The Way You Do it's It. It's a great song. And we got approached by KFC to do a version. <laughs> it Ain't What You Chew, It's The Way You Chew It. <laughs> and we did it. Well, that's... That's not a very good advert for Kentucky Fried Chicken. It doesn't matter what you chew, as long as you chew it in the right way. That's true, I haven't thought about it. Then, about that. then the disgusting taste of Kentucky Fried Chicken. Yeah. See, Kentucky Fried Chicken, I, I became vegetarian when I was 18 or 19, and that mm. was one of the things I really missed. And then I've stopped being vegetarian and I had some Kentucky Fried Chicken. It's not very nice. It's not nice. No, it's not nice. It's not what you chew, it's the way you chew it. That's no, the no. problem with it. Um, but I, I remember my dad in a Western supermarket. I went to Western supermarket with my mates to the cinema, and my dad came and picked us up, and he bought a big bucket of Kentucky Fried Chicken for us all. Mm. I just then I remember thinking, that's amazing. You know, imagine having a so bucket. much, having so much money, you can just buy a bucket, a bucket of Kentucky Fried Chicken, <laughs> and and to use that in that generous way to spend. That's great. And I've always admired my dad since that day. <laughs> he did that. I thought one day I'm going to buy a bucket of Kentucky yeah. Fried Chicken. <laughs> I could do it now, couldn't I? Probably could probably afford it now. <laughs> Let me see what else I've got here for you, Terry Hall. Is this going to be my finger again? Terry Hall from this one. I went ask, I'm sorry I asked you about the rectal uh, cancer. It was. Yeah, but was backstage you asked me about what, what hole would I plug up. <laughs> yeah. It's like. That's a perfectly innocent question. Man. You chose your ear, which is correct. What did you buy with your... I mean, if you ever got a first week's wages, because it doesn't sound like you worked for it. What did you buy with your first week's wages from the hair salon, I'm guessing? Or maybe the potato machine? Do you know what it was? It was because uh, I'd met a girl, I was 15, and that was from... I would have been the building. And I got a 16 quid, and I bought her an engagement ring for f if it's Argos. It was really good. <laughs> for six, I had to get my dad to give me 95 because it's 1695 <laughs> right. but I said can we get engaged this was about like after a week oh. and her mum told me to fuck off yeah <laughs> <coughs> oh. so it's, in a way in a way it's a beautiful story I bought a uh, I bought a Sony Walkman for my I, bought, I, got, a third, nice. I got 30 quid that's nice Just, you know the, uh, for tapes cassette tapes do you remember cassette tapes I do yeah 
you would do but you probably probably got some of your albums on it <laughs> um, what do you think would be the worst flavour for a flavoured condom Jacob Rees-Mogg <laughs> Really good answer. <laughs> really good answer. Um, have you ever slept overnight to be first in a queue? No. What do you think well, of- to collect something or to have something? Well, no, like people getting tense to get like Harry Potter or tickets no, no, to no, see no, something. No, no, no. You never done anything like that? No, no, no. Didn't have to do it to get the Sex Pistols tickets, did How many people were at that Sex Pistols gig that you went to in The Clash? 50. Really? Yeah. Yeah. And the, everyone in Coventry remembers being there, I'm sure. <laughs> uh, and yeah, you let, so I'll go on to some more people you've worked with and, how, and what they were like. Lily Allen, how was Lily Allen to work with? Did you, do, did you do the Glastonbury with her or did you do anything more than Glastonbury with her? I think it was just Glastonbury. Yeah. I mean, um, not that, come on. She was nice. Yeah. A bit. Uh, she was nice. Yeah. Was nice. <laughs> nice or less nice than Sinead O'Connor? A different, just a just different, different sort of nice. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so, do you think if you, if your version of Sense had taken off more than the Lightning Seeds one, that you would have done the Three Lions song with <laughs> Newman uh, with Skinner and Bedil? Um, no. no, no. You like football, though. I, I love football. It's the the thing that keeps me going, really. But um, I actually did a guide vocal on, on Three Lions for Ian. Oh, did he? So uh, Frank and David could, could sort of do it yeah. in tune and stuff like that. But I took myself off it before. Yeah. Got released. Did you have any input to that to the song at all? That just, can, just that, just, just that. that. So you can't claim it. I was it very supportive. Yeah. <laughs> we heard that because we share management with uh, Skinner and Bedeal. Yeah. Well, me and Stuart did, Stuart did, and I do still do. And we heard that before anyone... And Stuart's comment was, it sounds like the fucking Wombles. Yeah. That's <laughs> not nice, is it? That? it is, that's not a nice thing to say. No. But history has proven him to be a fool, my friend. There you go. In, not just in that, not just in that way, but in many other, in many other ways as well. Um, how, how are you finding um, growing older as a pop musician? It's really great. Yeah. It's really brilliant. How long can you keep going? Well, until I collapse, really. Yeah. And it's really brilliant. And the older I get, the more I enjoy it. It's like, because you go through all that stuff about record labels and people saying this and that. And that, once that's all gone, you don't, don't really care. And it's good fun. Yeah. And you've been, and you've, this new out, the new specials album is new music. It's new stuff, yeah. Yeah. Which is quite exciting because you have t- tended to just. With it, when you've since you reformed, you've you've been giving people what they want, which is the yeah, is the standard. Which is me. Yeah. yeah is, um, <laughs> but it's you know it must yeah. be it, that's what you sort of. It, it, uh, we were discussing this a little bit backstage, but it's that curse of being a musician uh, as opposed to a comedian. Is yeah. that you know people want to hear your favourite stuff, the yeah. best stuff. And um, as a comedian, you're not allowed. You've got great stuff, no. and you're not allowed to do it again because people don't want to hear it. They're this lot lap it up when I, before the show. Uh, <laughs> but uh, my stuff's so int- you know intricate. Intricated? No. It's definitely. Fuck! I'm so drunk. I'm drunk on the happiness of meeting Terry Hall for the second time in my life. Um, it's uh, so. What what uh, what's the process of writing the, the new specials? 
stuff. Well, we, we just, uh, uh, we had uh, an ongoing court case for about 10 years, so we didn't do it. And then um, we just sort of held it up. But um, we, just, we just now write about how we feel. And, and, and when we were kids, we wrote about unemployment and, you know, whatever we were going through, really. And um, now we're doing the same, but now it tends to be about us as sort of older men. It's sort of the specials. It sort of was growing up music, even when you were kids, though. I think. Don't you yeah. think it was? There was. It was. It, that's what I guess. What I'm getting at with the eighties is there was a lot of sort of, you know, fluffy, new romantic nonsense with, you know. Yeah, and it's like uh, when you revisit it. Uh, um, BBC Four has like eighties and all yeah. that stuff, and it's good fun to watch. Um, it's really funny, and I saw a Duran Duran documentary. That was really funny, and <laughs> but it really was funny, but. Um, yeah, and it's fluffy. Well, I saw you talking about Howard Jones in another interview, and you know, like when you think about what these people were doing, Howard Jones had the guy had uh, Jed. Jed was it or Bet? No, not Bet. It was Jed. Jed. Jed because I was on a Oxford Roadshow when he was launched, not Jed, but uh, <laughs> Howard Jones. And but there was all this stuff for like two months before, like teasers. Who is Howard Jones? <laughs> Who is Howard Jones? And then he did his um, first uh, performance. And uh, his amp broke. And I just thought I was really sort of like, that's Howard Jones. Yeah. Um, but it was sort of six, you know, a lot of Nick Kershaw. I mean, there were still a lot of some of his stands Kershaw. up, but it was very sort of six for me, like human chains. With, is that, that's Howard Jones, isn't it? That's what he was, wasn't it? Jed was in human chains. He was, uh, Literally yeah. in human, he was in chains. Which is dead weird when you think about it. It's like, <laughs> what's he doing there? <laughs> But I felt that when Lou Reed had that martial arts, like Lou Reed was singing Perfect Day with his boat going like that. So what's he doing there? But that's Jed. And, um, but the, I still can't get over Marty Pello. From, uh, <laughs> it's hard. Where, where, where he still yeah. bugs me now. <laughs> he still bugs me. And Shaking Stevens was the highest selling artist of the 1980s. I think he kept us off the top spot a few times. Did he, yeah. Shaky, yeah. You know, and if I'd remembered him in that pointless, zero points. He yeah. Like, pointless answer, Shaking Stevens. So more, that's the, that's the terrible thing about show business, isn't it? So in a way, yeah. would you rather be Shaking Stevens, which you'd think anyone would be, yeah. or Terry Hall? And you'd probably choose Terry Hall out of those two, wouldn't you? Uh, mm, I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm not sure. No. It's a difficult choice, actually. It so really it's is. It's a hard choice to give you between those two. And are you still, are you engaging with new music? Do you listen to new music? Because I, I don't know anyone is now. I try. Yeah. And uh, 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 on the internet, I quite like YouTube, where you can look at things. Yeah, I've heard. And, uh, like new music. Yeah. But I, I do tend to watch a lot of stand-up. That's why I was curious about this. I like stand-up. I, I prefer stand-up to music at the moment. Well, that's good. Yeah. Do you think you might become a stand-up? No, no, no. But you're very funny. Though. I mean, like, that's, you've got this. You've got this reputation of not being a, you know, of being a little uh, dour, maybe, or not smiling. But you're yeah. so f you're very but witty and funny. Everyone's wrong. Yeah, they are yeah. wrong. But you, yeah. A, you've been very funny tonight. But also, your your songs are witty, and even the serious songs, there's wit in there. Um, and the, it's it's the, the I think the poetry of it is so beautiful. The the lyrics are so great in your in your music, but they're musically. Um, sophisticated as well, you know. It's, 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 yeah. I just yeah. sort of think 
there's a point in there there's lots of music I mean I suppose you see it with comedians and we were talking about some comedians backstage and there's lots of comedians who think why did they never become like the biggest star yeah. ever um, and I, th- I feel that with a certain I think, I think even about uh, uh, Ray Davis I sort of think he should be the he should be the prime songwriter yeah. Of, of, yeah. of his generation and he's obviously up there but people don't really realise how great he was I think but I think th- y- you tend to take a little bit of a back seat along the way yeah. and it's like when somebody says would you like to come to the Brits that's your avenue to that yeah. but not really do no. you know what I mean why would I want to go to the Brits <laughs> but that's true but you know but that's 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 why you know that you're still here and it's this, that you've got this body of work and that's why you're not shaking Stevens. I'm sorry to no. tell you. Uh, I'm sorry I, I, to let you know. The album I did after Home, yeah. the MD of the labels paid me the biggest compliment ever. He said, when you release a record, you commit commercial suicide. And I just thought, <laughs> fucking great. Yeah. My job's done. But it should be, you know, it should be. It should, you know, if you manage to find that thing that, that does uh, resonate with everyone, then that's great. Yeah. But, but also, it shouldn't, you know, music, comedy, those things should be personal and that's why they do that's why they, that musical connection is there that's why those why people keep coming to see you and why some people keep coming to see me yeah because <laughs> they've yeah. got that connection back to you and, the, and you've touched them with something with, the, you know, with some art yeah yeah <laughs> so as being serious why do you have to so you're so childish i don't know why you're interested in my work i'm trying to impress terry horner sharp it's working. <laughs> it's working. But it's great. Everyone should go and buy Home by Terry Hall and nothing else this, in the, the week this comes well, out. good luck If you see that. anyone else buying an album, punch them in the face. <laughs> Let's get Home, which is not commercially available. Anywhere. It could be by the time. It could be by the time we put this out. I could get on to your record company. Tell them to put it out. It's like you can just put it out on iTunes. It doesn't cost anything, does it? No, but it's like... Mm iTunes, internet, it's like, mm. <laughs> do we have to? That's how they do it now. That's how it's all done. Do we have to? Um, well, I'd like to thank you very much for all the pleasure you've brought to me in my life, and thank you so much for coming on my podcast. It means a, an awful lot to me. I've had a couple of my heroes on this series, and so it's fantastic to have you come on. It's been very, it's been lovely. And you're a fantastic man. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Terry Hall! Thank you. You have been listening to Richard Herring's That's the Square Theatre Podcast with me, Richard Herring, and my guest, Terry Hall. The music is by Pest. And also, I would like to thank uh, the British Comedy Guide people, the Leicester Square Theatre people, and the GoFastTheStrike.com people. They're all very lovely. Um, I'm indebted to my producer, Ben Walker. I'm particularly indebted to my executive producer, Mark Thompson. Not that one, he says. I mean, I don't know if he thinks people know who Mark Thompson is. He's on TV, isn't he? I hope it's not that one. He won't give me any work. Anyway, it's the Sky Potato Buzz and Go Buster Strike production. Ah, thank you very much for watching another episode of Rahalastapa. Uh, thank you to our sponsors, Beer52. Go to beer52.com slash Rahalastapa to claim your free eight craft beers. Uh, go to gofasterstrike.com to buy things like my emergency questions book and also my Ofrigum 50 DVD if any are left available. There are downloads though you can get of that show if you if there are no more hard copies or if you live in the future and don't know what DVDs are. 
Uh, also, why not come and see one of these live? We're at the Square Theatre on Monday from the 4th of February to the 1st of April. Uh, I will also be travelling around the country in 2019 doing gigs, maybe in a town near you. Go to richardherring.com slash gigs and uh, then you can see if I'm coming near to you. I'm definitely coming to Birmingham. Not many tickets left for that. Might not be any by the time you see this. Go away.